I'm Craig Campbell from Nerdburger Games, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial Table Talk RPG Talk. This week, Morris and Jessica talk about managing and moderating an online RPG community. In the news, Wizards of the Coast posted the newest D&D Studio update, a new Simon Stalinhog art-inspired RPG from Free League, PaisoCon Online 2024 dates announced, and more! Plus, a brand new sketch about paying the toll to the ferryman, adjusted for inflation. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits. Guaranteed to blow your head off. I, I mean, really, I've seen it. One sip and boom. I'm not entirely sure I see the point, but they seem quite popular. Anyway, order Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits now at the introductory price of 14 groats per gallon and get a pint of Goblin Spittle for free. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris. Or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me is the current custodian of the Vault of Splintered Souls, the one and only... It's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. That was a good intro. I feel like like you tried. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I sort of tried. What I did was I turned my head to the right slightly and saw the words Vault of Splintered Souls in a graphic and just read them out. Yeah. And then pretended I was improvising. It was relevant because that's a Kickstarter we're doing, so that's something... Yes. The vault I've been wandering around in. So yeah. Sense. Was we that are... as good? Was that as good as Peter's? Um. Hat? No. I did, but oh. I think. I think. Um. I don't think it's fair to compare. I think it's. Uh. They're just different, and I don't think you should compare yourself to Peter, and Peter shouldn't compare themselves to you. You're just your own unique people. Anyway, Peter's not here this week, <laughs> as, as listeners may have noticed, but they will return next week. And I am better in every every possible way. Okay. That's... People keep writing into the podcast to tell me that I'm the best one. Okay. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I definitely... Like, just like hundreds and hundreds of emails every mm-hmm. week, just like, just, just writing in to let you know, Russ, you are the best one on the podcast. Mm, I believe you. Great. Mm-hmm. It's totally true. I had an, I had an exciting day today. Mm. Because t- something arrived, two things arrived in the post today, which was very exciting. Ooh. One, I got an early access. Uh, the people from Critical Role sent me a copy of Candela Obscura, mm. their book that's coming out. I believe it's coming out next week. So it's very pretty. I haven't had a chance to read through because it literally arrived half an hour before the podcast mm. uh, looked at it. That's not A4. Is that A4 size or smaller than? It is A4 size. Oh, yes. right. Okay. Yes, it is. So that looks very... It's a very pretty, nicely done. It's got loads of interesting, like, handout little notes and bits and pieces mm-hmm. in it and stuff. But yes, I'm going to read through that properly. And also we're going to get a copy of one of the columnists from the EN World site. So we'll probably review up yeah. there at some point soon. And also arrived in the post is some LARP armour that I got... Uh, so I have a leather kind of like body piece, chest piece armor thing. So the question is, why are you not wearing cool. it? Um, I'll tell you why. Because I I did put it on over my head, but the buckles and things, they're straps at the back that need to be done up. And I was like, I could probably do them up, reaching behind my back. But I don't know if I'll be able to undo them. And my partner Godfrey's currently away. He's gonna be back so later. So I was like, I might get it. stuck <laughs> in it. And it arrived this morning and I tried it on, but I was like, mm, I don't want to get stuck in it because I have to go walk the dog and I don't know if I want to go out 
in <laughs> in no, armor. That would be funny. Walking, <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. But yeah, I did do a TikTok video where I'm loosely wearing it. Um, but yeah, it's very cool. Mm. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So I'm going full nerd. So that was my that's my exciting day. Oh, I, I upped my nerd credentials this week as well. What did you do? I, well, there was one day I was just sitting around and I decided to organise my dice. And so mm. I bought a thing off Amazon, which I think is for like rings and jewellery and stuff. But it's like a thing with a lid and compartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, that looks about right. So I yeah. bought that and I got all my dice and then there's a D20 section. And then there's a D12 oh, section. So you've all And then there's okay. a D10 section for ones that go not to 10, and also a D10 section for the ones that go oh. 10, 20, 30. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the D8 section. Then you get the D6. You get the, you get the section. But the D6 section is split because you've got the regular D6s. Mm-hmm. You've got the exploding D6s. Right. And then you've got the weird D6s. What, what counts as a weird D6? Um, well, they're just like odd. In shape or pattern or it, something. Yeah, in what way, Russ? <laughs> well, they're just like... No, no, this is like... Like this one's, personal like, opinions? This one's made of bone with spikes sticking out of it. Or this one's kind oh, of wow. like... You know, sort of like weird kind of exotic kind of D6s. Mm. We've got the fours. Then nice. we've got the custom weird game dice from games that I will never, ever use. Right, section. yeah. And there's quite a lot of dice in there, quite surprisingly. A lot of mm. games seem to have weird custom dice that I will never, yeah. ever use. Yeah. I don't even know what, what games half of them go with. I think some of them go with some of the Fantasy Flight, the Genesis system Star Wars and Warhammer. Dragonbane has its own dice set as well. Yeah, so. yeah. There's yeah, there's a whole uh, yeah. I've got I've got loads of them. It's like dozens of them. I don't yeah. know what they are. And then I have got the uh, I can't remember. There's another section for something else, and I totally forgot what it is. Something to do with dice. Something to do with dice. And then yeah, they're all organised. Nice. And then I bought myself some dice bags. Nice. And then I made myself a Star Trek playlist. On Apple Music. What a delightful week. Which is about the nerdiest thing I have ever done. That's quite... I think for us to up our nerd level is quite difficult because we literally work in TTRPG publishing. We're kind of apex nerd, aren't we? Yeah. I like. I do like three podcasts a week talking about tabletop RPGs. Mm. So it's quite... Yeah, we're quite we're into it. We're not even it. the cool type of nerd. We're not like the celebrity cool type of nerd. No, we're just like we're not the nerd nerd type of nerd. Yeah, yeah, we're the yeah. very much yeah. We haven't got the glamour of a, no, of a critical like, role nerd. You know, no, no, you know, we're not critical role or Ginny D or anyone like that. We're just uh, nerds. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, good. So that's been but, that's but been this week. We are gaming. very happy and comfortable with being nerds, and that is the important thing. It is. Yes. Mm. Let's do some. Uh, let's do some news. Shall yeah, let's do we? some tabletop news. Anyway, that's our. That's an insight into our lives. Let's talk about <laughs> TTRPG news. Got a lot of Paizo news this week. Mm. I can tell you about some things about that if you're interested. Go on then, tell me some Paizo news. Well, one of the things is obviously the Paizo remastered, the the core book, the GM book, is coming out next week on the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. But they've had preview copies out and about, so there's loads of people online talking, like reviewers talking about it and stuff. Like we've got our yeah. own article in EN World doing a review, uh, so that's coming out next week. So that's obviously a big thing. And we're, and we're going to talk about it like next week or the week after as well. When we get around to reading the book. Yeah, when we get around to buying the book and then reading the book. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, also Paizo also did because they're not busy enough. Uh, they also announced PaizoCon online 2024, the event. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're thinking of going, and it's online, so wherever you are in the world, and if you're worried about Getting conquered, don't worry about it. Uh, so May 24th to 27th. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's there on the Twitch channel, Discord server, and the theme is Educate, Entertain, Inspire. And it's meant to be loads of topics and panels about like streaming and loads of stuff like that. They're trying to support other streamers and people doing stuff. There's organized play things going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, apparently there's also in-person events going on in somewhere in California, I think. Somewhere. I'd have to uh, check. I don't know. Oh, in, no, I think, in I, the suburb no, of San Francisco. Apparently there's okay. in-person events going on for that weekend as well. So if you okay. are at that place in the world, you can do that in person. But that's going on I, there. I was, I was in that place in the world at one time. Mm-hmm. But not but currently. time and space haven't coincided in the right way. Yeah. No. I'm sorry to hear that. Hmm. But they also have more announcements. Or do you want to... Do you have any Paizo-related news? There's that Pengu thing. But other than that, not really. Were you going to talk about the Pengu thing? I was, but you, please go ahead. I mean, I don't know anything about the Pengu thing. I just saw it. So if you know more about it, you can you can say. Not really, but let's stop teasing the, the listener. Uh, but so pretty much, <laughs> Paizo announced they're partnering with Natural Pengu for VTTs and actual plays. Mm-hmm. So pretty much this is trying to make it easier, simplify tabletop RPGs for people that are new players. So just to clarify, what is Natural Pengu? I think there was a bit that I was missing. I didn't know what Natural Pengu, natural pengu was. Yeah, this is what I'm quickly I was trying to have a look at. Oh, it's a virtual tabletop. Yeah, so, so, so it's a virtual tabletop platform, but I think... Gotcha. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, natural yes. pengu. Natural pengu is a new virtual tabletop. It looks like yes, and Paizo are partnering with them. Right, got it, got it. Okay, great. But also, also natural do pengu plays. does yeah actual plays and live streams and stuff as well. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so there's a new there's a new VTT platform. Hurrah! Yeah, to add to the thirty five or so that are already there. Yeah, because uh, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, competition is good, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But then, with that sort, I, I just get decision paralysis, analysis paralysis thing, whatever that thing is called, where you've just got too many choices. And then when you're a publisher, you can only afford to be on so many oh, yeah, platforms, well. and then you're like, we have to pick some, so you're just going to upset yeah. somebody, because they're like, why aren't you on the one I like? And it's like, uh, because but, I putting, putting, but putting your product on this platform, number 17, on your list is a no-brainer. You're so dumb for not having done that. So, yeah. That's actually not why I'm stupid. There are many other stupid things that we do. <laughs> of all the things to mock us for, that was low down on the list. I don't think you're stupid, Jessica. I know, fully on you. So I managed to get the job. All right, news. Anyway, more news. Yes. Oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was another video from Wizards of the Coast. Oh yeah, a D and D studio update. Yeah, and they do quite they do quite a lot of these. And um, this one was talking mainly about um, the I don't even know what to call these books now. The twenty twenty four five E update. The D and D five point five. What, what are they D&D. calling it? Um, they seem to change every single time. I mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like they're saying the twenty twenty four core rule books. Okay, let's call let's let's oh, yeah. Then anyway, that looks like the language used in this update. But yeah. Everyone knows what we're talking about anyway. Mm-hmm. So. One D and D. The core rule books that are coming about mm-hmm. next year, and also some of the recent Arcana playtest results. Mm-hmm. So we've got an article up. It says it was written by um, Dave Darcher, but I think it's really good because I don't like watching videos to get info, and so I'm so glad you transcribed it and it's put it up as a written yeah, article. Well, um, I haven't read through it though. User called uh, Dorsal, mm-hmm. Dorsal actually transcribed it, and mm-hmm. then I cleaned up that transcription. Oh, thank you very much. So to it, was them. A te- it was a team effort there, and thank then. But what I di- what I did was I wrote some takeaway points as well for people who don't want to because it's quite a long 
quite, it's like 30 It is minutes. very long. I have not read the whole thing. What are the yeah. big takeaways, Russ? So the big Can take you talk me through them? Okay, so um, basically, when there's something different in the 2024 core rule books, mm-hmm. the, it sounds like the books are going like, to hang a lampshade on it and tell you about it and kind of guide you through the change. Oh, okay. Kind of like how... Okay, yeah. Yeah, that I don't. I don't know how what that will look like exactly. Mm-hmm. Since there's going to be a lot of changes, I don't imagine yeah. it's going to be like every single one. But it might sort of say, okay, this is the classes section. Expect some changes along these sort of lines in this section. I don't yeah. imagine they're going to list every change, mm-hmm. but it's going to guide you as to what's changed. So I think basically, if you're used to playing one, that just helps you not just assuming a rule's the same. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. we'll um, so. In the survey results, the Archfey Warlock was one of the least favourite. It had a low rating, didn't it? On its initial presentation in, in Arthakana. Mm-hmm. When they put out the revised one, they say it stepped up to mm. 89% satisfaction. And basically, the highest you're ever really going to get is 90% on something like this. Oh, wow. Because there's some people it's, that will it, never yeah. say, yeah. It's just, the way, it's just the way stats work. It's, you're, yeah. you're never going to get really below 10% or above 90%. Mm. It's just not going to happen. So it's pretty much close to perfect at 89%. Mm-hmm. They talked a bit about the core rule books again coming out next year. Like, there's so much new art in them, apparently. Like, completely new art all the way through. Every class is getting a full-page art piece, which will look mm-hmm. nice. And every subclass gets art as well. Every yeah. individual subclass. Cool. Uh, I think there's four per class, and how many classes are there? Twelve, thirteen, twelve. I don't know. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. So one of those. Yeah. But there's lots of lots of art anyway. Lots of art. Pretty um, pictures. We like them. The new monster manual is going to have over eighty new monsters in it. Interesting. I'll be intrigued to see that. Yes, and um, a lot of those will be higher level monsters as well. Okay. So uh, we're going to see some CR twenty stuff and above in nice. there. Uh, the font sizes are changing, which is interesting. In what way? Bigger, they didn't smaller? specifically say. But the joke they made was that Todd Kenrick, who was doing the interview, said, um, I'm getting old and I can't read things anymore. So Maybe I suspect it means the font size is getting bigger. I suspect. I don't know, though. It's my guess. Okay. And as I'm currently like suffering from that problem as well, I am now officially a person that owns reading glasses, much to my chagrin. I need to get some glasses. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can see books. I just can't see things far away. Mm, well, I normally can't, but I have contact lenses. Well, there we go. So I can see things far away. Well, Without them, no I can't to, see things far away. No need to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I can see things far away. Kafira. <laughs> okay, so the font sizes are changing. For <laughs> the font sizes are changing. Okay. For us old folks that struggle to read. Then they say um, it's going to be the biggest version of D&D, the three core rule books ever, close to a thousand pages in total. But if the font sizes are changing, that'll be part of the reason yeah, why. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, oh, okay. You increase the font size, you increase the We've page We've all count. done that with our essays. You know, it needs to be two sides, font size 20, got done. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and also with all the extra art, mm. um, I don't know how much extra content that necessarily means it is. Because the books are like 300 pages each, at least. So it's not that much more. The original ones are 300 plus pages, aren't they? I don't know. I've, I'm I've never sure the actually... player's handbook's like 350 or something. Do you know I've never actually bought a D&D book in my life? I do know that. Yeah. Do you know how I know that? Why? Because you've told, told me you? Multiple times. Well, I'm quite proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, where were we? Um, here we go. So there's stuff going to be in there that we won't be seeing in the playtests. 
in the end, I kind of play test. So new stuff. There like, will be surprises. Yeah, yeah. How yeah the playtest aren't. Playtests are pretty much just the classes, I think, at this stage, aren't they? Really, and some yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah, it's yeah a lot of that player facing yeah. stuff. A lot of the new options will change the context of old options. I'm not one hundred percent sure what they meant by that exactly. Is that like the lore of the item, like a magic item, the lore behind it and the setting? So I don't know. In, I don't like... know. I think they meant in a mechanical sense. Hmm. But I don't, I don't quite get that because they're kind of saying like all the old options are still valid, and this, and they were they were making analogies like this isn't going to be the D and D's the sort of game that's quite uh, modularized, yeah. so you can change something without it having a ripple effect which breaks something somewhere else in the game quite easily. And yet, there it sounds like this sounds like there are ripples though. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I, I don't one hundred percent understand what that means, but that's what they said. Okay. Um, All right, we'll report yeah. that as news. They said this. Cool. Done. Yep, 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 yep. We can offer no insight. We can only say that it <laughs> happened. There can be more common magic items. Mm-hmm. Uh, more high-level monsters. already mentioned that. Yep. Um, of uh, classes, uh, archetypes didn't make it. The fighter brawler didn't make it. Nobody liked it. I was about to say... I how to make it work. And... I remember people didn't like it anyway, so... Yeah. And also, it had too much conceptual overlap with the monk and the barbarian. Well, that's just what I was about to say. I was, I was thinking, like, is that them trying to do a monk that isn't doesn't have to be, you know, Eastern inspired in some way? Mm. If you want to yeah. be some sort of martial hand to hand fighter, because to me that's what that looked like. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting option because you know it can be the whole monk class can be a bit problematic, you know, for you know, do various reasons. But they didn't make it an ad- yeah. I mean. I I don't imagine they're you know trying to just copy level up advanced fifth edition in their design work. So I doubt they've even looked at it. That how dare you? <laughs> anyway, um, what else didn't make right, it? Right. Well, that that didn't make it, but the World Tree Barbarian definitely did. I didn't read up on that. Do you do you know anything about that? Oh uh, yeah, we mentioned it in a podcast at one point. There is a World Tree that goes through all the planes. Oh it yes, joins all the planes yes. and the barbarian. It was a barbarian that sort of like got its. Power and it, from that in some oh, and it way. draws abilities from different planes depending on the. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Or something like that. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Of the classes, um, eight classes are pretty much done, and the druid, monk, and barbarian will be appearing in Anathakana again for another round. Another playtest, cool. We'll talk about them when they're, when they're out and ready. Yeah. The Wizard Coast's new office buildings mm-hmm. have uh, areas which are themed after settings in D&D. So they've got oh, a nice. Ravenloft area and a Feywild area that you can work in. Amongst others. I think working in the Feywild could be like quite distracting. Fun and, and whimsical. Yeah. Dangerous. I don't know how, how themed they are. Yeah. Is it just like a, a sign on the door? <laughs> <laughs> or, or have they decorated it entirely? I like, imagine it's, it's decorated. Painted yeah, yeah. purple and all the lights are turned down and there's creepy music in the background yeah. and they, someone keeps coming in and throwing bats at you or something. They're coming in and throwing <laughs> bats at you. There's just yeah. live bats in there. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I should hope so. That must smell lovely. Do rats, not rats, bats. Bats smell bad, bad, do they? When you go to a zoo and you go through the bat bit. Yeah, but is that just because they don't clean their environments properly? Yes, bat poo. Yeah, but like in in the wild. Oh, yeah, I think it is called that. Like the bat cave. But in the wild, would it smell bad? Because, you know, that would be like judging a human by walking through their bathroom after they've been to the loo. Be like, oh, humans stink. And it's like, well, in fairness, you did just walk through their toilet. They find caves and gather in them, don't they? So probably it does. Hashtag not all bats, I think. (laughs) 
Anyway. Anyway, anyway. And finally, 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 um, next year, there are some books coming out which they have not yet announced. Well, they make so an announcement for the announcement. Yes. Okay. Well, that was kind, so of, a, that was kind of a hint. Hint at a teaser of an announcement of an announcement, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Just so we're yeah. emotionally prepared. Yeah. As yeah. Um, journalists. If you want that in tons more detail, head over to EN World. There's an article called D&D Update 2024 Rulebooks and Survey Results. It's got the video, but it's also got a transcript for the entire thing. I love that there's a transcript. I'll probably read that in detail afterwards to better understand. So what happened with that transcript was, so the process, Mm -hmm. which is quite interesting, so Dorsal grabbed the YouTube transcript. YouTube does an automatic one. Oh, yeah. But it's awful. It's always awful. Yeah, it's not... almost unusable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then ran it through an AI thing, ChatGPT or something, to get it to clean it up, Mm -hmm. which it did, and then I took it, and watch the video with that AI-generated transcript in front of me, and just, like, it was... Corrected an, errors. Uh, it was close enough that it was just me correcting errors as I went through and just pausing it occasionally. And it's a 30-minute video, and it took me probably about 30 minutes. Well, yeah, because I listened to the video while I was doing it. I had to, of course. Yeah. And, mm. yeah, so that's, that, was, that was the process. But, yeah, it was interesting that AI got featured in that process. Mm-hmm, yeah. And AI can do that didn't occur to me that AI would be able to do that, but there we go. There we go. But that's the use of AI that isn't all art scrapey. That's a useful use of AI. Yes, it is. The only thing is about how it learned to do that and the ethics of that is the only consideration. But there we go. Anyway, that was the D&D Studio update on the YouTubes that Wizards of the Coast put out. I have some news that is not about Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, but is historically related to Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. You're really into your video games for us, as we all know. Uh, have you played Diablo? Um, I have seen the word Diablo before. Okay, good. This this is a good conversation then. Uh, so people listening probably have heard of Diablo, so it is a popular video game, and um, I really like the combat in it and things like that, because, you know, I've talked a lot about Baldur's Gate 3, so people aren't surprised that I also like Diablo. But anyway. It's an action-y one, isn't it? As mm-hmm. opposed to, like, a point-and-click one. I, I huh? think Baldur's Gate is quite action-y. Oh, okay. Anyway. I don't know. I haven't played Diablo. I haven't even seen it. So it's Diablo's video games, uh, and there is at BlizzCon 2024, so Blizzard Entertainment, um, have said, hey, we're going to make a tabletop role-playing game for Diablo. And everyone went, yeah! And they said not only... And that'll become... They're going to crowdfund for that in 2024. But I thought it was interesting that because it's Blizzard Entertainment, and they mm-hmm. have a lot of money. But anyway... So they're working with also a board game company because there's going to be a board game coming in 2025 for it. Uh, So this is being made in conjunction with the Glass Cannon, Unplugged and Genuine Entertainment. Um, But the interesting thing is that the components and accessories between the TTRPG and the board game are going to be interchangeable. Hmm. So you can use, which I think is is quite cool and a nice idea. Well, I suppose minis. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know what other accessories and things are going to do. It's, It's an original system. For the role-playing game. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued to see more about it. In the mm. past, there was a Diablo TTRPG that was the Coast released. And it was a, it was Dungeons & Dragons game version of that. It was for, for third edition. Which is why I was like tangentially related, tangentially related to D&D. But this won't be D&D. It's its own original system. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, so I'm, I'm going to keep up to date with that. I'm intrigued what the system is. I was slightly confused when I saw this because Glass mm-hmm. Plant Cannon Unplugged is a board game company, yeah? 
Yeah, because cause there's but, also a board gla- game. But Glass Cannon is a Pathfinder podcast network. And I got very confused because I was familiar oh, with yeah. Glass Cannon because they've been around for ages. And I hadn't heard of Glass Cannon, Cannon Unplugged because I'm not really plugged into the board gaming side of things. Um, right. So I was really confused at first. I was like, Blizzard have got the Glass Cannon podcast to make that? I don't understand. And, I've forgotten uh, about the Glass Cannon podcast. Yeah, yeah, two, right. entirely, two entirely different things. Yeah, no, unrelated. Um, mm. Unrelated. But yeah, so I'll yeah. be looking forward to that because um, I'm interested to see what the system is and what they do with it. Yeah, well, it says, I mean, this means nothing to me, but the mechanics are inspired by Diablo 4. Yeah, but I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means because I've not played Diablo 4. What does that mean in a TTRPG sense? I don't know. Mm. I haven't played Diablo 4 or Diablo 3 or Diablo 2 or Diablo 1 or Diablo 5 or Diablo And you're not going to. So like you said, not the first Diablo TTRPG. Yes. So there was for the Dungeons & Dragons adventure game Diablo 2 edition for D&D 3E. There was Diablo 2 to Hell and Back, which was a dungeon call. And there was Mm -hmm. a world book called uh, Diablery. Beautiful. There we go. Back in 2000 and 2001, that was. Back in the day. I wasn't I wasn't ages ages playing ago. role-playing games at that time in my life. I was running EN World back then. As, as for all time, when you were only five yeah. years old. When I was only five um, years old, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell me some more news. All right, do you want to tell you about Free League? If you like. So our friends at Free League are doing stuff and or things. So they have announced there's the new character in Maine for the Electric State role-playing game. So there's a narrative art book by Simon, Simon Stallenhag, um, yeah. and his work was made like t- inspired Tales from the Loop, Things from the Flood. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, it's not Tales from the Loop, just to be clear, it's a different thing, but it's the mm-hmm. same artist and that same cool, same cool art mm-hmm. style. It does look very cool. So it's like an alternative, al- alternative America in 1997, and there are these giant battle drones that are all over the countryside, so, yeah, it looks very kind of dystopian and like mm. future punk sort of things. And um, so, yeah, the idea of weird tech, if you liked like Tales from the Loop, that kind of vibe to it, it's it's got those feelings as well. Yeah. But yeah, and it's um, as it's by, by Free League. So I think it's using, you know, a hack of Morkborg kind of system and a lot of the same writers um, you know, that details in the loop, Walking Dead, Blade Runner, Alien, Dragon Bane. So if you like mm-hmm. those sorts of games, it's those sorts of same designers again working on it. The Kickstarter pre-launch page is up it's now. Year Zero engine, isn't it? Yes, Year Zero engine. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. this one, sorry. But yeah, so... Looking at the art. I, I mean, I, I love... I love um, his art. I loved it in Tales from the Loop as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at this piece of art and like these, these giant battle drones. Yeah. You look at them. They're not, like, if I just say giant battle drones, you don't get the sense of what they are. Mm. But basically, they're kind of cutesy, cartoony giant battle drones, aren't they? With big heads and hands and stuff. Yes. So somebody uh, is like... Enormous, great big, sort of like 100 feet tall things. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really cool. They're making a film out of it as well. Oh, uh, yeah. They did a TV show for Tales from the Loop as well, which I yeah, watched. I that was good. with that. I, I quite liked it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, they are making a, a the film Electric like State role playing game is due to launch on Kickstarter early December. I think it's December fifth specifically. Mm. Yeah, but the pre launch page is up on Kickstarter now, so if you want to go and just click that, so you're notified when it launches. They'll probably make a million dollars. Yeah, why not? It's a free league thing. Good for them. Yes. Um. Also, well, two thousand two hundred ninety three followers so far. So, you know, there we go. We haven't even launched yet. Mm. 
Well, yeah. pre-orders are also open for the Blade Runner RPG, and it's their case file number two, Fiery Angels, and it's a box set adventure that carries on from the starter set. So if you oh, played yeah. the Blade Runner starter set, which mm-hmm. I have not, which I want to, uh, but mm-hmm. if you like that and enjoyed it, the adventure expands and carries on from there. So okay. um, that looks quite cool. Um, cool. So that, that's all my free league information. Marvellous, marvellous. Um, what else have we got? Quite a... Right, uh, it's not it's not a massive like week for news. There's oh, um, lore and legends. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons lore and legends. So this is um, you remember Art Anacana that came out like two or three years ago, mm-hmm. which was a big book. It was a big thick book about um, the history of D anD D up until I think fifth edition, um, with loads and loads of art from D anD D going back over the last it was you know fifty years at the time or whatever, however long it was. Um, and notes and things from the artists and all sorts of stuff. It was like, it's really, really nice. I've got it. I've actually got it somewhere. But yeah, it's really a gorgeous, gorgeous, sort of big, thick coffee table book about four inches thick. It's massive. And that was um, by uh, Michael Whitwer, Carl Newman, John Peterson, and Sam Whitwer. Mm-hmm. They've written a new book. Um, and this one is called Dungeons and Dragons Law and Legends. Again, it's kind of officially licensed by mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast. So nice. it's got the logo on it and everything. Great big old hardcover again, big old thing. But this one, rather than um, looking at the overall kind of like story of D&D over the decades, mm-hmm. this one sticks is all about 5e. Okay. Specifically. So again, it's kind of a visual celebration. It's kind of artwork, art, art, art forward. Lots mm-hmm. of pictures, lots of illustrations. It's very, very pretty. It's a visual guide, it's called. And behind-the-scenes photos and information and think I'm not sure what behind-the-scenes photos mean in book publishing, but... A picture of a printing press, some nerds playtesting yeah. yeah. a game. Yeah. Um, Someone organising yeah. their dice collection. Yeah. But if, you, if you want to sort of like behind-the-scenes look at the making of 5e, along with lots and lots of pictures, I think this book looks like it'll be a good one to get. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And that's that. Ooh, I do have some other news. Um, so, Linda Kodiga. Yes. I believe, is it Kodiga, how you pronounce their name? I've heard Kodega. Kodega, possibly. But I haven't, never, I have I've not never, met them, so I, I can't... Yes, I've, I've <laughs> never actually heard <laughs> yeah. it said aloud, but I've, I've seen the name written down a lot. But they... they are prolific um, TTRPG journalist. Are very well known mm-hmm. for um, their coverage on io9 and Gizmodo. Hmm. of the open gaming license kerfuffle that took place at the beginning of the year. They were nominated for a Diana Jones Award, was it? And won an Emmy. And nominated won an Diana Jones and won an <clears throat> Emmy for it. So, um, award-winning journalist, mm-hmm. um, co- covered the uh, OGL crisis and other things since, but that, yeah, yeah. I think is the thing that most people will definitely remember them for, mm-hmm. um, has unfortunately... Um, announced on Twitter that they have been, along with, I think um, they said like 23 other people or something, been let go from io9 in a big restructuring. Oh, no. Um, Which is, I don't know, I mean, there aren't a lot of investigative journalists on the tabletop RPG beat. That's just not a thing that really exists that much. There's a lot yes. of reporting product announcements and reporting reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's lots of clickbaity stuff, but there's not a lot of solid investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. And um, Linda Kadega was an example of that. I'm probably yeah. 
I'd say probably the prime example in recent times. I would say. Yeah, one of the one of the most successful. Yeah. Yeah. So I so so I think that is kind of definitely to the detriment of the industry. Yeah. I'm also. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that they're going away. I am sure that every geek outlet on the planet, including us, Mm -hmm. has reached out to them. Yeah. I mean, there were other people that let go, but Linda could they go in particular? I I am sure we will see more of. Yeah, I'm surprised that they would let go though, because they they. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know the reason why they let people go or what the, the you know, yeah, situation no was, but I, you know, you'd think somebody that that's that successful and's got that, you know, award winning. I only guess, yeah, and like, this is an utter guess, and I have absolutely no insight into the metrics or the readership of those sites. Is that possibly the tabletop RPG stuff doesn't get as many clicks compared to like the other sort of as video games you know, and pop stuff, culture yeah. stuff and um you know movies and comic books maybe and i don't know that i don't know i'm just kind of making that yeah up, that's pure speculation isn't it I don't know. yeah that yeah that is surprising but, to me but I'm... yeah yeah it's surprising news it's uh it's sad news i am 100 percent sure that they will land on their feet and will have another gig very mm. soon hopefully the other 20 or so people as well will yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'd say here that we, we've reached out, mm-hmm. and I am sure others have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'll, they'll land on their feet. They, there are definitely jobs available for them. Good. I'm glad. Um, so, um, that aside, what else have we got in the news? Or are we now done? Oh, boy, do I have some news. You have some more news? Impossible. Unlikely. There is on Kickstarter right now a tabletop role-playing game. Uh, it's a unique RPG system. It's got its own system. Mm-hmm. And the system is called the Honk System. I am, of course, talking oh, about... <laughs> oh, I no, have... yes. I know where we're going. I am, yes. of course, talking about One Honk Before Midnight, a goose-based TTRPG <laughs> adventure. I cannot believe... I, it I, looks like... amazing! I don't know, the serendipity of this is... I don't... It's... I'm, I assume that you've backed it. Yeah, of course. Yes. So yeah. Jack Dixon, from the UK as well... Is a creator and yeah, and they're make, they're making this game about uh, geese. You get to be a goose running around doing high hijinks. It has the you know part of the honk apocalypse. The the system it hasn't got full. Part details. of the what? Sorry, the honk system. The honk apocalypse. Yeah, part of the honk popo- honk apocalypse. Like apocalypse okay. with honk. Yeah, okay. it's fantastic. The artwork yeah. looks really fun, really nice. Uh huh. And it's a one d six system. Um, so it looks. Mm-hmm. I think they've referenced things like lasers and feelings, like a, a rules light system. So pretty mm-hmm. great. You can just get it out of the table and play. And I think the mm. vibes are going to be very similar to Honey Heist, like in terms mm. of the tone of like, we're running around being geese doing chaos, mm. opposed to being a bear in a hat. But yeah, it looks great. And they've just leaned in really hard. And there's a picture of three geese in a trench coat at one point, And it just looks really great. Finally, Jessica, you can release your inner goose. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I'm really pleased about it. I'm excited about it. Uh, they will be coming on Not D&D next year in March when, they'll being, when they're fulfilling the campaign, so when it goes to retail. So if you do miss the Kickstarter campaign that's live now, I will be talking about it again next year. I think we have to play this. I Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I'll think we run... have to play it on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not an entire campaign, but something that will fit into the podcast. We'll I'll do a do. one-shot live stream. Yeah, no worries. I'll run this. All right. Yeah. No, yeah. What's the person who runs the game called? 
the goose I heard the goose master. <laughs> the goose. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm having a look. Unclear, but I'm sure it'll be fantastic. It'll be amazing, I'm sure. Well, let's save that little mystery for later. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, absolutely. A Kickstarter that I noticed too. Mm-hmm. Now, this one. Does it have geese I in mean, it? It, well, I mean, it might have, but it doesn't mention them. Well, mine's better than does not I mean the one I found. It doesn't have keys in it. So this one, I mean, it's not for me. I just saw. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So we've seen sort of Bible-based, um, yeah, RPGs before. We've seen a couple of five E. There was a five E setting on Kickstarter a year or two ago. Yeah, uh, there's been a couple of them. Mm. I think. Uh, and this is another one. Um, this is on Battle Kit. It's uh, an original system. What's it? What's it called? It is called Light Raiders RPG Adventure Bible System. Light Raiders being the company, so the Light Raiders RPG Adventure Bible System. So this is a it's a fancy tabletop RPG, and it's got adventures and stuff. And the adventures are like an hour long, and each one is like involves a load of the your standard fantasy tropes and stuff. But also it includes like you your characters recite verses from the Bible to trigger things in the game. Now I'm not one hundred percent sure what how that works exactly. This is on back end. Whether you're it, supposed yeah. to, yeah, whether you're supposed to memorize, I don't know how, how that works exactly. But at the end of the adventure, then you have like a, a 10 to 15 minute review and a Bible study as part of a discipleship program. Oh, okay. So I guess this is like basically, you know, where people use RPGs in education. So this is using that. So if you're doing like a youth group for your Bible mm. study, this is a way to kind of gamify it and make it. Yeah. So it's using like RPGs and educations in that that yeah. Sort of so, aspect. Yeah. So it's, it's an RPG used as a discipleship program. Now that's not a term I've heard before, and I reckon it probably means something to people. Oh yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to Google- yeah discipleship. Yeah, I know that means. Sorry, <laughs> my dad's a reverend. Um. So yeah. So it's if you're doing if you want to learn more about Christianity and usually for young people. So if you're wanting to read the Bible, study it, learn, and understand it as part yeah. of your faith. Um. Yeah. There's loads of different programs you get for that. Okay, so it's like a sort of... It's like a course that you're doing to learn more. Like a more. Sunday school thing. Yeah, kind of. But usually you're you're a bit older or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, fair enough. Well, anyway, there we go. So um, that... I mean, that's, I just thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd mention it. I mean, it's not it's not something I personally... You know, it doesn't... Because you're, you're not a teenager but... learning more about Christianity. I, um... I am not a teenager. And, you know, I... I it, I was brought up a Catholic, so I've uh, learnt all the Christianity stuff that uh, I probably will in my life, I well, imagine. Okay, well, if people do want to, though. Yeah, it looks to me like very much just like, you know, using RPGs and education, that style, so it's teaching you mm. about this subject. So I guess if you were looking for that, this looks like... Yeah, it, yeah. I, it feels a niche product, because you're going to have to be into RPGs and also be wanting to lead a, a youth group or something like that. So, yeah. but yeah, it's fully funded it's, and it's on back of kit. So, description so you can use to learn and teach scripture, memory, and application. So, when your characters have to recite verses from the Bible to get things to happen in the game, it sounds like you have to memorize them. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe that's part of the way it teaches you those things. You memorize them in the game. This makes more sense to me than the five E Bible adventures, like because this. Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone was mm. like, there's a Christian RPG out there, this being like, oh, it's a system to help well, you is, study the Bible. Well, I'd be like, that makes yeah. sense. I understand why you're doing that as a, as, a, as a Christian studying the Bible. But the 5e one, I was just like, 
I don't know, the the 5v1 felt a bit like some people would play it and be silly and be like... So the 5v1 yeah. was a 5v game set yeah. in the time of Christ, as I recall. Yeah, like in, and that... In, but set in, like, the the real world kind of uh, whatever AD. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, early AD. Whereas this is not set in the real world. It's a, fa- it's a fantasy adventure game. But it just happens, it looks like it, yeah. but it just happens to use the Bible... And stuff like that as the education of the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. As 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 I, I, if I'm, I may be misunderstanding it to be honest, but that's 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 what I'm getting. Yeah, from. this, like I say, this makes more sense to me than the the five E version because it feels more like, yeah, again, yeah. not a product for well, me. Five E version was just a setting, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but the setting, yeah. I don't know, it made me. Oh, I don't know. Something about that made me a bit uncomfortable. I was like, oh, I just feel like somebody could play that in bad faith and mm. like, I don't know. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, what's that? Oh, there was one other thing I saw. was a Claudia Christians and Musketeers versus Cthulhu RPG. Interesting. So Claudia Christensen, Christensen, Claudia Christian was in Babylon 5 mm-hmm. as uh, Commander Susan um, Ivanova. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember her on that. But um, she and Chris McCauley wrote a short story, The Musketeers versus Cthulhu in the Court of King Louis. Amazing. Nightfall Games, who produced the Terminator RPG recently and other things, yep. uh, brought the stat short story to a tabletop game. So it uses the Call of Cthulhu system. Of course. And then adds a few twists um, with like musketeer character creation, combat maneuvers, and sets it in the 17th century. So the setting material and weapons and stuff are different. Um, it's a 92 page book. It's an official Call of Cthulhu book under license from Chaosium as well. Rusketeers versus Cthulhu. If that is a thing that was missing in your life, that is a thing that you can have. It's not a thing I knew I was missing, but now I know about it. Maybe it will call me, much like Maybe. the Call of Cthulhu. Yes, yes, indeed. What, what an excellent segue. Yeah. She's a podcast professional. Uh, yeah. Well, finally, finally, then for me um, mm-hmm. on Kickstarters, I you know I do my million dollar Kickstarter club list. Yes. I also do one which is the uh, overall. Tabletop RPG crowdfunding chart. So the prolific crowdfunding chart. Yeah. 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 So like the million dollar Kickstarter one is just like individual campaigns mm-hmm. that have made a million dollars or more. Mm-hmm. Um, this one isn't individual campaigns. This is creators, companies, based publishers or whatever. Okay. And the total that they've made on Kickstarter mm-hmm. or back again. Um, I, 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 I use Kickstarter and back again. I know there are other... Crowdfunding platforms, platforms yeah. But, you know, how much work do you want me to do? Come on. <laughs> um, so I did those two. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think the, the the one major omission is Game on Tabletop do the Ulysses Spiel yeah. stuff, which is the German company, which does, mm-hmm. like, millions. Yeah. But does that on Game on Tabletop. Mm-hmm. I, haven't got that. I haven't got that data, though. So other than that, basically, I've got a list of all of the TTRPG creators and the totals that they have made on Kickstarter and Packet Kit, and then added them together to make a chart. But what I also did, because I'd made this list before, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it was had quite enough nuance. Tell me if I'm getting boring. I feel like no. I'm getting a bit boring now. No, 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 <laughs> I'm just listening. Okay, no, okay. So, because a lot of them are sort of like a board game company that has released, you know, sort of like a, a, 45 uh, yeah. board games and made 30 million in board games and then released one RPG and made like £4.50. So- and they're on the list at thirty million, and I thought that doesn't quite reflect. Okay, so did you reality. include Gloomhaven on this list then? 
Uh, yes. Okay, you did. Okay. But, but, yeah, but what I've done is I've made the list, but I've also put the number of campaigns that, are, that they've done and how many of them are uh, RPG campaigns as a piece of data on that okay. list. Okay, yeah. So, for example, at the top is Steamforged Games, right at the top of the list. Yeah. Th- about $32 million they've made. That's nice. Crowdfunding. 16 of those, um, they've got 16 campaigns, but only one of those is an RPG. Right. So they are at the top of the list, but they're not really a TTRPG company. They're a, and they haven't really a ta- made... A wider tabletop games company, yeah. Yeah, they haven't made $31 million from TTRPGs. Yeah. That's... They made them, but, but they made one, so they're on the list. Okay. Whereas the second on the list is Monty Cook Games, and they've made just coming up to $10 million in total, counting mm-hmm. Kickstarter and Baggerkit. Well, they've had 22 campaigns altogether, mm-hmm. and 22 of those, all of them, 100% of them, were TTRPG crowdfunders. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I basically did was I kind of made two lists, really. So I made the big master list, mm-hmm. and then I took out all of the ones that um, had 50% or more of their campaigns or RPG campaigns. Arbitrarily, I just picked 50%. Mm-hmm. So I said, if, you've, if, if half of your campaigns were RPG campaigns, then I'll count you as a TTRPG creator for the purposes of this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got the entire list, which has 40 companies on it, going down to uh, Palladium Books at 2 million. Nice. And then we've got the shorter list, which is the TTRPG ones, which is about half of those. Yeah. Which has, yeah, has 22. So at the number one is Monty Cook Games, is right at the top there. Okay. And we've got Free League is number two. Magpie Games... Kind of squeak, squeaks in there because Magpie Games made 10 million. They've done three Kickstarters and uh, two of them are TTRPG, so they qualify, but yeah. most of it was from that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so that's, so that's the list. There's, there's, there's 22 of them Monty Cook, Free League, Magpie, Hit Point Press, done very well, lots and lots of 5e stuff. Richard Thomas, which is a lot of Onyx Path kind of uh, storytelling yeah. and stuff. Um, then we've got Cobalt Press, so they're kind of prolific yeah. everywhere, making mm-hmm. a lot of 5e stuff. Matt Colville, everyone knows with MCDM, doesn't do a lot of Kickstarters, but when when they do, he does they do really them. do. They do, like, they do like two million dollars each, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of funeral, another five E thing. Shane mm-hmm. Hensley, which is uh, Savage World stuff, nice Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Goodman Games, Ghostfire Gaming, again, lots and lots of five uh, E stuff. A lot of these, like Hit Point Press, Ghostfire Gaming, um, Exalted Funeral, are kind of connected and. Do a lot of those um, pins and badges and dice bags and all that stuff, and they they've got the sort of like merchandising side of it kind of nailed, and like knock out one million dollar kickstarters like routinely with all the accessories. Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Um, and then you get further down, and then we've got us at number fourteen. Hey, which is pretty good. We exist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, number fourteen. We have made guess without looking. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it. What did you look? I'm I'm looking at it. All right. Uh, 2,929,561. So just coming up to 3 million. We'll hit the 3 million soon. Over 43 um, Kickstarters, though, in fairness. Over 43 (laughs) Kickstarters, yeah. Well, a lot of those are our little Quickstarters, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two week, two week things that make us like 20 grand sort of thing. Yeah. But we've had some big ones too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, we've made $3 million. Can you believe that? Yeah, I'm the business manager. I do our finances. You do believe it? Yeah. Right, Fair enough. All right. Yeah. That's the list anyway. If anyone's interested in seeing the full list, they can head on over and see my list. But It's on Ian World, yeah. It's one of those lists that change. It's like it's already changed because um, some of those companies currently have things running. So their totals have changed since I put that article up. Oh, okay. Sorry. 
Including us. We've got one running, so our oh, tempo yeah, has so gone we'll, up since... We'll since add, we'll add to it. We'll hit that three yeah. million soon. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, anyway. It is um, interesting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't carry... It only, it's only Kickstarter and back it, so if, if people have made millions on other platforms, I haven't included that. Yeah, yeah. I'm far too lazy to do so. Mm-hmm. And when people said so in the comments, I said, yeah, thanks for volunteering, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if someone wants to give me those figures, then happily allow it to that, but I, I don't think I'm going to sit down and do it. Mm. Some, if someone someone commented that they wonder what percentage of sales uh, through crowdfunding um, that is like how how well do they do after fulfillment? It's um, impossible to tell. Yeah, we yeah we don't have access to that because we don't. Other companies don't tell us yeah. how much money well, they the make. The only thing we know is how well we do. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't tell what other people. I mean, mm-hmm. after crowdfunding, things can be on drive through, obviously on people's own storefronts mm-hmm. on Amazon in distribution. Yeah. Retailers, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's so many different ways, mm-hmm. and very few of those provide like drive through RPG gives you a sense of the numbers because it's got that kind of like medallion yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's very hard to tell how many books someone's selling, yeah. And they're private companies, so you can't access that information, yeah, as public knowledge, which is fair enough. Um, so who knows? Who knows? The people that own the companies do, hopefully. I'll tell you what, though, what? I mean, as, as a single data point, though. You're probably more familiar with the figures than I am. For us, what for a, an average product, what percentage of that would you say is on Kickstarter as opposed to everything else? So what? So say we put out a product mm-hmm. and it makes um, £50,000. Yeah. And then we sell it six months later. It's on DriveThruRPG and on our web store and maybe on Amazon and all the other places we put it. And it's been there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking... What percentage of the total is Kickstarter compared to the stuff that we kind of do other after that? Um, I haven't got a good grasp of that in my yeah, head. So. that's really hard to say because it depends, like how like 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 two years after the Kickstarter, or a year after. Oh yeah, or... yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and it if depends something's on... been out for like ten years, it's probably sold quite a lot. Of things, yeah, because but... I need because what what Kickstarter does. I mean, definitely for us, is it it pays for the first print run. So we we know how many we need to order for the first print run, how mm. popular it's going to be, and how popular your Kickstarter is is like an indication of how popular the product is generally. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a really good way to to know how big your first print run should be. Having said that, we got it a little bit wrong with Level Up because we sold through our monstrous menageries a lot quicker than we thought, and I had to do a second yeah. print run even sooner. But then conversely, but, um, yeah. we did the opposite with um, Judge Dredd. A previous big, yeah, with Judge Dredd, mm-hmm. we had far too many. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting exercise, actually, just to maybe look at some of our Kickstarters and mm-hmm. then see if we can total up what we've sold outside of Kickstarter since, and maybe put an arbitrary cutoff of, say, one year, maybe. Because mm-hmm. we're going to pick a, a time period. Cause, say, so one, one year, year in and retail. Yeah, what what did it do in its first year in retail compared to what it did in Kickstarter? What percentage? Yeah, we probably have that data for Level Up actually. Yeah, we probably do. Well, yeah. we do. We definitely have. Yeah, it, I, I have that. Yeah, just, uh, if... I think I have that. Might have that data accessible as well in terms of for the product line reports. Yeah. Well, let's let's mention it at some point, maybe next week or something. Okay, if I remember just to do as it a, as, a, as a data point. I've got lots but, of other I mean, things I'm doing. I'm very busy. <laughs> well, well, we all. <laughs> Um, I think that might be the news. That is the news. That is the news. I don't think there's any more news. I don't have any more. No more news? If there is more, we don't know about it. Okay. No more news. (sighs) My journey's end is near. 
Is that the River Styx I see before me? Indeed it is, brave traveller. Beyond these accursed shores lies the realm of Hades. Oh, and you must be Charon, the grave ferryman who escorts lost souls across the water? Yes, that that is my name in the mortal realm, but round here people call me Bob. Bob? Yeah, uh, Bob. Bob the ferryman. Right. Uh, well, um, Bob it is then. Uh, so, Bob, uh, uh, will you ferry me across the river? Uh, if you pay the price, then uh, I shall see you safely to the far shores. Oh, gladly. Uh, I've, I've bought the silver coin. Here you are. Uh, alas, lost soul. Uh, that is not the price. Oh, not not the price. Oh, but it, it, it does say so, you know, right here on the sign, uh, one silver coin per crossing. Oh, indeed, that was the price. Uh, but it is no longer the price. Well, then that's false advertising. Yes, so sue me. Fine. F- fine. Yes. What is the price? Uh, well, with inflation... Um, of course. Uh, cost of living increases. I mean, you do live on a boat, but... You... Okay, fine, yeah. Uh, increased staff wages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vehicle upkeep. It could have fooled me. Taxes, materials costs, shipping, insurance, <sighs> marketing. Right. Uh, plus, uh, we no longer accept silver. No silver? But I, yeah, but I bought this silver coin specially. You know, don't forget to pay the ferryman, they said. Take a silver coin. A coin for old Charon, they said. Well, times have changed. Silver's no longer worth what it once was. Okay, well, I I, I mean, I have, I have some gold here. No, we don't accept gold either. But you don't accept gold? What, what on earth do you accept? Pure mithril? Uh, precious gems? Uh, Bitcoin. What? Bitcoin. So, sorry, um, Bitcoin as in... Uh, the cryptocurrency, yes. <coughs> you're, you're joking, right? Do I look like I'm joking? But I, d- I, don't, I don't have any Bitcoin. I mean, I have silver and some gold. And... Oh, sorry, mate. I mean, crypto only these days. Rules passed down from on high or, or on low, as it were. On low? Oh, that time I was joking. Like, this is how, right? And so the rules go from on... Oh, don't. Never mind. Okay, well, what what if I can't pay, then? Well, then you are doomed to wander this shore forever. So, a fate worse than death? Well, technically you are dead. Well, I mean, is, there, is there really nothing else you can accept? Oh, let me see, let me see. I have the, uh, the latest memo right here. Oh, do you have any thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls? What? Uh, thrice-cursed groats... Bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls. Uh, no, I don't have any thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of the lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls. Well, if you have no thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls, then you're out of luck, I'm afraid. <sighs> Look, what else can you accept aside from Bitcoin, you know, and the thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of the lovelorn unicorn whilst the wolf howls? Let me look. Ah, uh, yes. So, other than Bitcoin and uh, thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls, we can also accept emeralds buried for a thousand years with the corpse of a one-legged cobbler or henge stones toppled at the moment of the 14th equinox during a summer hailstorm. Uh, these uh, currencies, I guess for want of a better word, um, they're very specific. Yeah, yes, I, I suppose they are. Uh, do you have any? Uh, do I have any what? Do you have any bitcoins, thrice-cursed groats, bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls, emeralds, buried for a thousand years with the corpse of a one-legged cobbler, or henge stones toppled at the moment the 14th equinox during a summer hailstorm? No! 
I do not have any bitcoins, any thrice cursed gross bades and the tears of the Ludlorn unicorn whilst wolf house. I don't have any emeralds buried for a thousand years with the corpse of one-legged cobblers, or I don't have any henge stones toppled at the moment of the 14th equinox during a summer hailstorm. Well, without any bitcoins, twice cursed quotes bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn, mind the wolf house, emeralds buried for a thousand years with the corpse of a one-legged cobbler, or henstones toppled at the moment the 14th decanot during a summer hailstorm, you can't cross, I'm afraid. But, you know, but who could possibly pay that fare? I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Ah, rules is rules. Uh, I'm just a messenger. I thought you were the ferryman. Right, you can get by with just one job in this economic climate. Look, is there no way you can just take silver, like the sign says? More than my job's worth, mate. Look, there's a queue forming of people who actually have bitcoins, twice cursed crows, bathed in the tears of a lovely unicorn, mother wolf house, emeralds buried for a thousand years with the corpse of a one-legged cobbler, or henstones toppled at the moment of the 14th equinox during the summer hailstorm. You know, and, and, and there's nothing else, nothing else that you can accept other than the bitcoins, the thrice cursed crows, bathed in the tears of a lovely unicorn, mother wolf house, emeralds buried for a thousand years with the corpse of a one-legged cobbler, or henstones toppled at the moment of the 14th equinox during a summer hailstorm. Uh, nope. Uh, well, except for silver. What? Oh, yeah, we can take silver, you know, like the sign says. Okay, wait, but you've just spent the last ten minutes telling me that you can only accept bitcoins, thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of Lovelorn Unicorn whilst the wolf howls, emerald buried for a thousand years with the corpse of one-legged cobblers, or a henchstone's toppled with the moment of the 14th equinox during the summer hailstorm. And silver. No, you very specifically said that you couldn't accept silver. Times have changed, you said. Silver's no longer what it was once worth, you said. Oh, I may have... Uh... Exaggerated. Um, exaggerated. No, you, you literally said the words, plus we no longer accept silver. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I did not. <laughs> yes, yes, you bleeding well did. You can't prove it. No, oh, I don't need to friggin' prove it. Look, do you accept silver or not? No. No! I mean, yes. Which is it, no or yes? Oh, uh, yes, we accept silver. Oh, so, well, you know, what about the bitcoins, thrice curled greats, bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf howls, emeralds buried for a thousand years with the corpse of one-legged cobblers or henchstones toppled at the moment of the 14th equinox during a summer hailstorm? Uh, no, no, we don't accept those. Are you sure? The sign is very clear. Well, I, I mean, I certainly thought so when I arrived. Uh, so do you have any silver or not? Yes! I, to- I, I, I told you, right at the very start of this ridiculous farce, that I had brought silver with me. Well, fine. Then you may cross. Are you always this difficult? Oh, you try being the ferryman for hell, mate. It's not exactly a riot. You've got to get your fun where you can find it. Ah, oh, sheesh. Well, okay, you've had your fun. So now here's your silver. Let's cross. Oh, you don't accept silver. You don't accept... Are you having me on? Do you have any bitcoins? Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right, don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? (laughs) 
So, Russ. Yes, Jessica. So, we have EM World Discord, which has kind of grown a bit organically. And this week, I was making some changes to the way it operates because uh, some of our users wanted some features that we didn't have. And I was like, yeah, sure, we can put those in. And I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, whilst we're doing that, I know that you have managed online communities for a little while, a few, just a handful of decades of managing online communities in the TTRPG space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about some best practice things about that. One, so I can go away and do that for our Discord. But also, if anyone listening mm-hmm. is planning on having an online community of some sort, because the internet can be a scary and toxic place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I was thinking if somebody's like planning on making like a Discord for their TTRPG like gaming group, or if they're doing one for their game, or just yeah, like a Discord or a Facebook group, or any kind of online platform, they're doing something. Or a forum. Or a forum. A message board. Because EN World has a big message board forum situation going on there. So how how do you approach doing that? Especially because mm. how many users do we have at EN World that visit the forums? Lots. 7.2. No, we... Ha- oh, okay. So registered, we've got about um, a quarter of a million. That's a lot. At any given time, a, a few thousand are kind of active. That's a lot, though. That is a lot. That is a lot. How do you, I mean, how do you manage 99%, that? Well, 99% of the EMWorld's traffic, literally. I mean, their forums, you look at them and they look big. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. And there's a lot of registered users. Mm-hmm. But if you actually go to Google Analytics and look at the traffic for EMWorld, 99% of it is reading the news page and the articles, not people on the, for- not not people people on the forums. Yeah. Yeah, not people logged in. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, just um, people reading the news articles, yeah. basically, reading the front page yeah. and stuff. Okay. And that's 99% of the traffic. That's where, that's where it all is, basically. The forums, they look big and they look like they're a big part of the site, but they are actually only 1% of the site Okay. in terms of traffic. But that aside, um, so I've been running that particular forum for a number of years, which... Around 20? Uh, is, is, is around 20, yeah. <laughs> God such a long time so what does like managing wow yeah <laughs> you just realized the weight of the amount of time <laughs> well what is it 2023 so 24 years oh wow 1999 since you were two years old yeah <laughs> wow 24 years okay so i think technically not not to do brag but that makes me possibly one of the world's most experienced online community managers for definitely for tabletop uh, role-playing games yeah, so, I mean, well, because tabletop communities didn't really exist that long before then, so yeah. there can't be that many people that be doing it longer than that. <laughs> exactly. So what? <laughs> so how do how do we how does that work on EM World? Like, what do we what do we do? Okay, so what we have is a message board forum, which is uh-huh. it's kind of viewed as an old school kind of Retro. way of doing stuff these days, with 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 the uh, advent of social media, kind of like pushing forums aside mm-hmm. and then social media giving way to things like discord and and, and those sorts of platforms yeah. so basically 20 years ago message board forums were the way to do it mm-hmm. and they still are in my mind for some types of things yeah because a lot of social media is very fast and ephemeral mm-hmm. they can have a quick conversation you'll you'll say something you'll get a few quick replies and then it's done and it's gone mm-hmm. and you'll never see it again and often the replies depending on the platform will be short mm-hmm. whereas a message board is very much more catered towards long-form discussion yeah so a conversation will take longer it might go on for months 
But generally speaking, the replies will be longer and more thought out. Mm-hmm. It will be a more involved conversation. So you get to very... If you're just looking for a quick factual answer to something, almost certainly just like write something on Facebook or Twitter, mm-hmm. and you'll get an answer within 30 seconds. Someone will give you the answer when you're done. If you want a debate about something, I, I still feel that message wars are the place to be. Okay. Because that's where you can go into the detail and you can go into the weeds and you can actually have that long, involved conversation. So more of an opinion piece that's good for those conversations. Like, what is what is when you're comparing systems, what do you think works well for this? Opposed to just yeah. a, a question and answer, like how many hit dice is it for this or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they definitely, definitely still have their place. And, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Um, while there are fewer message boards around, it's, got, it's kind of gotten whittled down mm-hmm. um, a lot. The ones that are still around, the successful ones, are the ones like EN World are still just as busy now as they were 20 years ago. Okay. And still host, like, long involved, you know, long formed conversations and discussions, just like they did 20 years ago. Okay. So, yeah. So, so, well, there are a lot more choices out there for sort of online communications. I I don't feel like message boards have lost their place. They've just kind of got their own niche. Yeah. And they do that particular thing very mm-hmm. well. And how do you go about like managing and moderating a, a community of like thousands of people? Like, what's cool. what? So, I kind of feel like you've got to decide what is the environment you're trying to cultivate there. Mm-hmm. What, you know, there are so many different types of online environment ranging across like a political spectrum, ranging across just kind of sort of family friendly spectrums. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the opposite of that, you know, range across legality and non-legality. You know, it's like every kind of like spectrum you can think of. There are online communities along that, along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, just in the TTRPG space, there are like very strongly political-leaning message boards and things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think you kind of know which ones those are. If you look on social media, obviously, like. Twitter kind of is getting a, a reputation in the last year of being something else, mm-hmm. you know. So, and all of these, like, one might be like, oh, we're all about freedom of speech. Anyone can say anything. Another might be, okay, we are cultivating a very family-friendly atmosphere, you know. Yeah. Acts like you would in your grandmother's house or my grandmother's house because maybe your grandmother's different, but my <laughs> grandmother's house, you know, don't put your feet on the furniture. Don't don't um, attack the other guests, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. So you got you got to decide first of all what you're doing, mm-hmm. and then you kind of got to stick to it. Okay. And and make sure make sure you actually do do that. And this, you know, obviously I have a difference of opinion about some of the sort of tones or slantings that some communities might choose to adopt. Mm-hmm. And I've you know mine mine is the, the 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 tone and sort of slanting that I've I've chosen, but. There is room for all these different things, mm-hmm. even the ones that I don't like. So I, with our community, mm-hmm. I've basically gone, it's family friendly. Yeah. We've got the the grandmother rule, which literally is stated as, acts like you would in my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. You know, no no naughty words, no politics, no religion, you know, things like that. Unless it's like very gaming related. Yeah. Like if we were talking about that Christian tabletop RPG we were just talking about on the Kickstarter, you could post about that. That would be fine. Yeah. yeah. You could talk about yeah. that, but you wouldn't sit there and talk about the upcoming election. Yeah. 
for example. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what that means. Yeah. So, um, so, 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 no, so, so, there's none of that on there. And then you basically need a group of trusted moderators. How do you find and source trusted moderators? Like it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Um, generally, you get to know them in the community, mm-hmm. and you know invite them basically yeah generally speaking if someone comes to you and asks to be a moderator 99 percent of the time that's not someone you want to be a moderator i found in my experience right anyone who wants the job probably isn't suited to the job okay <laughs> so, so you need to find um, some begrudging people it's like, why do you want to do that it's horrible everybody hates you every single thing you do makes someone angry by definition because you're moderating them mm-hmm. and 99 of those people will not accept that there's any possible way that they're in the wrong and that you're not, mm-hmm. you know, um, victimising them in some way for their, I don't know, political views or something. Yeah. When, in fact, you're just saying, don't swear yeah. on the forums. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the rule. Yeah. You agree to it, you know. Um, uh, um, so, yeah. So, moderators, generally, if someone wants to be a moderator, I think twice about it. Um, generally, all the moderators that I... You said have been people I've personally approached and said, you seem like the sort of person that I feel would make a good moderator. You're a a, a strong member of the community. You've been around for ages. You've clearly got a level head, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you approach them and say, would you like to be a a moderator? I mean, some places do it differently. They'll say, you know, if you want to be a moderator, like make an application or something. But I've never done it like that. It's always been very much an organic kind of word of mouth personal thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how you do that. Um, the moderators kind of have to make sure that they are consistent. Yeah. Um, they will get accused of every bias under the sun. Sure. We get accused of being massively left-wing and massively right-wing. At the same time? At the same time. By different people, obviously. I've never been accused of being massively right-wing. Mm-hmm. No. Unless well, I didn't notice it on EM World and I sort of said that to me <laughs> in the forum. Yeah. Well, we get, we get both. Um, yeah. Which Kind of tells me we're kind of somewhere down the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not. Well, we try not to be either. We try to be a. Yeah. You know, not on talk. the forums. Yeah. But of course, there are political aspects to gaming, especially when it comes to representation and stuff like that. And for some people, that is politics. I don't think it's politics. I think it's just inclusion and representation and being a good human being. But mm. for some people, that is politics, um, and therefore they will classify you as massively. You know, X wing, X wing, not X wing, as in X wing fighter, X wing. Yeah, um, you're a- ma- ma- massively right or left wing based on based on your stance on that particular subject, mm-hmm. which I think is just a stance of being a nice person or not. Wow. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, that's kind of how you do that, and then you just got to stick at it and just keep at it. It's mm-hmm. and st- stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. Really, I think we're kind of at the stage on EN world where people, you know, they know there's no getting away with breaking the rules fair enough and we're not going to be you know talked out of it or you know rules lawyered yeah about our own rules or you know threatened or bullied or anything like that we're going to say that's the rule the rules the rule you broke the rule cool so it sounds like it's it's important to have like you say decide what tone you want to have and make some rules mm. to keep that yeah. keep that in place um yeah. and have that poster somewhere that people can see it and agree to it People have to know to it. Yep. People have to agree to it. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important stage because you need to be able to say to them, mm-hmm. hey, you agree to this. Mm-hmm. If you disagree with it, mm-hmm. then why did you agree to it? If you, no- if you no longer agree to it, then effectively you're 
permission to post on that forum or that platform is rescinded yeah. because it is contingent upon your agreeing to follow this set of rules. Mm-hmm. If you don't agree to that, then if you don't agree with that, then so you have to have the, the bit where they actually agree to it. So you can turn to them and go, you agree to it. Mm-hmm. And you can't say you didn't agree to it. You did. I've got it right here. You agreed to it on the 21st of September, like uh, 2012 at 4 p.m. <laughs> you know, from the IP address, blah, blah, you know, you agree to it as a point of fact. So either you don't mean what you say or you've changed your mind. doesn't matter which, but unless you agree to this, you know, that's a condition for you posting. Fair enough. And basically. So have an actual opt-in agreement where they have to actually signify that they agree. Mm-hmm. There you go. So they can't, claim they're, they can't claim they're ignorant of the rules, for example. They can't say, oh, I had no idea. Well, you agree to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not like we've got a EULA, which is 12 pages long in like zero point font. Yeah. It's a, it's a sort of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a half page of text, but it's kind of friendly, readable, take in of all text. It's not like a list of, it's not like a, a contract. It's, it's like conversational yeah. writing and like, this is how we expect people to behave, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, that sort of thing. So it's easy to read and digest. Um, so that's what we've done. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much more there is to say as well. So, yeah, cultivating your community, just making sure it's a, yeah, like like you say, choose the tone, make, find a way to moderate that and keep that in place. And then people that want mm. that will continue to come there, I guess. And just be consistent so that people just know that, that you know, mm-hmm. that is how it's going to be. Because mm-hmm. like after all these years, we don't really get that much pushback about the rules mm-hmm. on the end world. Yeah. Because people... No, we've been there 20 years and those are the rules. Yeah. And the rules are the rules. Yeah. And also... <laughs> um, and we're at the point where, you know, you know where people will kind of say, oh, you're stupid for running your thing the way you do and stuff like that. If you're running a business or, yeah. you know, oh, you're stupid for not selling this or you're stupid for mm-hmm. pricing this like that. or uh, And in, commu- in communities, it's that you're stupid for having this rule. You're, you, it should be something different. But when you've been there for 20 years, you've kind of got the answer to that. Yeah. It's like, well, the, the, yeah, the evidence says otherwise because we've been doing it for 20 years. We've had that all for 20 years and it served us very, very well. So thanks for all your opinion, but we're going to keep doing what we know works. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else you can really say about the topic, really. I mean, it is decide your tone and stick to it, basically. Enforce that tone. I mean, you got it is your space. Yeah. Well, that's what I was it's just going to say because you, know, you can kind of have any rules you want in your space like people do in their house like yeah and And we use that as an analogy as well we literally say that this is a private yeah party in my house yeah it's literally the phrase that we in the moderators sort of use you're a private gathering in russ's house yeah that's what you are doing right now whether you agree with that or not that is what you are doing right now the fact that it's online is relevant that's what you are um you don't put your foot feet on his furniture you know, you don't kick his dog. You don't start shouting at his other friends yeah. who are also in his house. You know, you don't do those you things. You don't choose sofa cushions or anything yeah. that Hudson's allowed to do. Uh, yeah, don't eat, the, don't eat the sofa cushions. And if you do do those things, then you have to leave his house. Why is Hudson still there then? <laughs> yeah, why is Hudson still there? <laughs> yeah. All right. We do get this interesting thing where we're like, there's kind of this sort of like weird kind of rule that people made up that only things said and done in that community counted and that you couldn't sort of like ban someone for something they did elsewhere which i thought was really weird because absolutely i will ban people from my house if i go and if i go see someone like push an old lady over in the street they ain't coming in my house 
They don't have to do it in my house for me to know I don't want that person yeah. in my house. So if I was like, oh, Russ, yeah. I was hanging out with so-and-so in my house and they punched me in the face last week, you'd probably be like, I might not invite them around my house. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly that's exactly what I mean. Or if um if you if you said um, oh by the way over at my house um so and so was around and uh, was calling you all these horrible names Russ. No, well that's nice to know. Well they're not coming to my birthday party. You, you know, can't come to my birthday like, party. Not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like oh well they didn't say it in my house so it doesn't count. So yes, they can come to my birthday party and they're still on my Christmas card list. No. Go away. Yeah. It's not like it's a public space that everyone needs access to for something. It's not like it's a space where people go because they need to vote or access public surfaces. I think that's one thing that is really important. Mm. If you are running a community or if you are a moderator or staff on a community, it's really, really important to understand that you have to be safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because you can't do that otherwise. You can't. You can't be bullied and harassed. You can't allow it. Mm -hmm. You can't accept that. You can't allow people to pressure you or anything like that. Because you can't do the job, if, if that if that's the case, you just, you, you'll burn out in like three weeks. Yeah, you just literally can't do it. So you cannot tolerate it. Yeah, you know, it's like I have to be feel safe and comfortable there. Yeah, I have to in my house. I have to. Yeah, you know, and and the people that I asked to help me in my house also have to be safe and comfortable. So there mm. is zero tolerance for attacking those people. Yeah, and if you attack, if you don't, if you attack them elsewhere, that doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, you know, you as my friend are in my house mm-hmm. and you say, and I, um, so-and-so attacked you in the street outside, I'm not going to say, oh, I'll invite that person in then. Well, they're not doing it here, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know. It's... Save it till you go outside, guys. Yeah. 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 One thing I'd about, say. It's like, it's like running a pub, isn't it? It's like yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, well, I, I, I run a cafe bar once, so yeah, I guess like that. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing. Yeah. Like, as moderators, we kind mm-hmm. of, like, people say, oh, well, this isn't fair that you've made this decision or, mm-hmm. you know, you're taking size uh, or you're taking a stance. And generally, I think what, what people don't really understand, what the job of a moderator on a, on a community like ours is, they are peacekeepers. Yeah. They aren't there to adjudicate fairness or something. They're not there to decide who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not a court of law. They haven't got an ability to actually punish you or harm you in any way or deprive you of life or liberty or property mm-hmm. you know they don't have any power to do anything other than say oh i don't want you in our house please be quiet <laughs> yeah that, yeah they don't have any power to harm anyone or punish anyone or anything like that mm-hmm. but what they can do is keep the peace and that's literally all their job is mm-hmm. is to make sure that people aren't like stabbing each other in your house <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what, that's what they're doing they're not there to adjudicate who's right and who's wrong in an argument mm-hmm. who cares yeah. just stop having the argument yeah, yeah. is what we'll say yeah that's fair enough you know go and sit in different rooms have a piece of chocolate cake and talk to someone else you know <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough one thing I'd say yeah, as well so, about running online communities or being in an online space as, as well as you're saying about keeping yourself safe and comfortable I would say that about your personal details as well because sometimes people online when they're annoyed at you because doxing can be a thing um, yes. I know when I started working at EN World and I started doing the mm. podcasts, um, I, I had to say to my partner to lock down some of their social things so the address, our address wasn't as easily accessible online because I was like, mm. well, I'm going to be a woman online talking about games and some people do not like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so that, that could happen. It, I mean, it, it's not happened to me yet, but, luckily. Yeah. But I mean, even if you're just running a community and you annoy somebody, they could, you know, 
do things like that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and that does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never, I mean, I've had threats mm-hmm. before, sort of not and it, physical threats in person, yeah. but online. I've had online threats and I've had emails before, not recently, not in the last few years, mm-hmm. but certainly in the first sort of 10. Which is, is wild when you think about it because you run a forum for people to talk about games. And stuff yeah. like yeah, it's, right? yeah, get, it's, it's, proper it's not that yeah. deep. Like it's, you know, yeah. There was someone who said they were going to be waiting for me at Gen Con with a baseball bat. Wow. They weren't, by the way. Uh, <laughs> turns out they weren't. <laughs> the narrator over, <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a period when that was a thing, and I think possibly just because I'm kind of like a youthful <laughs> white man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, middle-aged white man. You know, I am the least demographic for that to happen to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, yeah, that's true. I think it can happen to anybody, obviously. But yeah, yeah. if you if you are not a straight white man, the further away you are from that, the more steps you take away, the yeah, yeah the, the the greater the risk can be to you. But yeah. a youthful straight white man like myself, a youthful one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That Zoom filter is doing a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, no, so that's one thing I would say as well. If you're running an online community, even though it may be something really small, it is just worth just making sure, have a quick Google of yourself and just check that what is online and available of yourself is what you want to be online and available Yeah, uh, I mean, yourself. that's why we've got P.O. Box for our company address. Yeah. Because I don't want my, my bloody house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, it would be the registered office address, which is, isn't actually oh, other yeah, houses we'll anyway well, and we yeah, have that yeah. as well so uh, well, reg- the book yeah. registered officer uh, address because you could look that up on company's house is not where it's in fact 500 miles away from me so yes I'm, quite, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy for people no i don't want people to turn up there no and, yeah and, and i think yeah. because i do know someone who lives yeah, there so. bo- yeah bother a place of business but yeah so yeah but yeah so it's things like but, that yeah yeah and the other thing is like the safety of the community yes is an important yeah thing. Or the members of the community. Make sure people don't get harassed. Yeah. yeah. Because we have... These days, the demographics are a lot more um, representative than they used to be. Mm -hmm. Certainly, in the earlier days, it was a lot of white men in their early 20s. Okay. And a lot of them are now the same white men, but they're now in their 40s. Do you think that was just reflective of what the... TTRPG space looked like though. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and the, so now that uh, the demographics yeah. of the community has also yeah. evolved mm-hmm. along with yeah. that. And we have a lot of, you know, uh, tra- trans people on the site and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bloody great to see mm-hmm. and that they feel safe um, posting there. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we make sure that those people feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and. You know, the, the demographics of the site are a lot closer to parity, gender-related, than mm-hmm. they used to be. I mean, they're not at parity, mm-hmm. but they, they're they not sort of like this sort of 90% that they used to be there. This is sort of like 40-ish, yeah. which is a lot better yeah, yeah. than, than it But was. I think that's reflective of, of gaming, actually, because I'd say yeah, there is absolutely. like a, a, a still a small minority of, of men to women and a smaller percentage yeah. of that of like other gender minorities so yeah it doesn't yeah. shock me that that's that's the case yeah yeah i mean um, i say we've got a, a, a sort of like a, a quite a few trans people when you do look at the google analytics it is a very small number mm-hmm. but but you know that kind of is kind of an important thing to keep an eye on and make sure that people who are underrepresented feel safe and what sort of tools do you put in place to do that? It's like you say, it's, I guess having 
in the rules things about harassment and yeah. I- yeah. yeah, I mean, let's have a look at our rules, shall we? Let's have, let me call them up. Yeah. So these were originally written by Eric Noah in like 1999, but I expanded on it massively. Mm-hmm. So that the keep it civil, keep it clean, keep it on topic bits mm-hmm. were um, were written by Eric, and then the rest of it I wrote. So here we go. Uh, Twenty years ago, Eric Noah. So this is conversationally written, it's yeah. not like a uh, EU like. So I say, these forums were created over 20 years ago, and at that time, Eric Noah established three simple rules, keep it civil, keep it clean, and keep it on topic. And I later added, keep it inclusive. Because mm-hmm. back then, believe it or not, keep it inclusive wasn't something that it would even inc- occur yeah. to you to include. Because like mm-hmm. the environment was so different. Yeah. And because now like people are getting more representation, and you are seeing... People. You have lots of different kinds of people. That people yeah. weren't necessarily there, yeah. but you, you, you didn't see them mm-hmm. necessarily, or they didn't speak up, or, or didn't feel or, safe to speak up. Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. And you know, obviously, you know, me and us at the time being um, well, at the time in early twenties, straight white guys, you know, you know, it it didn't really register as a thing mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, it was quite some years before I did add Keep It Inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, arguably it should have been there right from the start, but it wasn't. Well, you can only do something when you know about it. So as soon as, when yeah, you know, yeah. know about yeah. it, what you do then is what's kind of the important thing. Yeah. And yeah. I guess yeah. with, you know, so having that rule to keep the Keep It Inclusive line, which has more detail in it about, you mm. know, those things that are not allowed it's in the rules. Um, there's a statement on harassment. And also there's a really clear way about reporting posts. So if, you observe it happening to somebody else or it happens to you, there's a way that you can report it and flag it to get moderators involved. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So for all we've got, we've got that. Keep it inclusive. We state outright we're an inclusive community. Mm-hmm. We state outright that we don't want anyone to feel alienated because of who they are. We we list some terms, example terms, mm-hmm. that people just literally can't use. Yeah. Because these are basically dog whistly terms or buzzwords yeah that used in um, so arguments agenda yeah. ideology politics propaganda social justice warrior political correctness wokeism virtual signalism signaling cancel culture just you just can't even use those words yeah. on the site because, or calling someone a nazi for example because basically yeah. as as soon as those those words are in that conversation if that conversation's over mm-hmm. that thread is dead mm-hmm. it is you know either a moderator has to sit there and babysit it mm-hmm. Like into the early hours of the morning, yeah, and they don't get paid, yeah. <laughs> or it's just like, well, it's dead now. It's, it's it's ruined. You know, I'll go to bed and I'll wake up and it'll be seven hundred pages long, and everyone will be screaming at each other, and I'll have five million reported posts to deal with, mm-hmm. and I will have to ban forty people. You know, yeah. So as soon as those terms appear in a in, in a conversation, people re- will react to them, mm-hmm. then people will react again, and then people will dig down on two sides, and it will just, you know... It goes against the, know, the the idea of keeping the peace, as you were saying. Use, yeah. Yes, the, key, the peace cannot be kept as soon as, as soon as those words are used. Yeah. And I speak from experience, and people can argue otherwise, but it cannot be. Yeah. I tell you, it cannot well, be. As soon as those words are used... Is that, that they can use uh, other parts uh, of the internet to use those words if they like, but not in our house. Yeah, there is a big, wide, vast internet that they can use. Yeah, um, and there's also, of course, you know, um, it's a what's it, is it Popper's paradox. What's remind me? So basically, the argument that 
because we say we're tolerant, that means yes. we have to tolerate intolerance. Yes. Otherwise, we're not being inclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's known as Popper's paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, to be clear, say we do not subscribe to that argument. Yeah. And inclusively means that we do not need to include non-inclusiveness. Yeah. And whether or not you agree with that logic or not is irrelevant. That is the rules. That's the terms yeah. of the site. You know, you know, and people... We're not going to tolerate intolerance. Clear to say, people creating their own communities can make their own rules and things about that. Just make your stance mm. clear and known what it is. And then people can decide if they yeah. agree with that and want to be part of that community. I think you've got to be, be upfront as well. Mm-hmm. So, so you're then immune to um, criticism. Well, yeah. I don't think you'll ever be immune to criticism online. <laughs> no, not the criticism yeah. is the wrong word. Um, the thing where you know you own something, mm-hmm. and therefore it takes the power out of an attack based on that thing. Also, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I don't know either. I'm trying to help. So you make who and what you are and what you stand for very clear, yeah. so that people can't make who and what you are and what you stand for an insult or a criticism or a... a, a, a I, it's like I, reclaiming a word, a word or a term or something, you know, like... Well, yeah, I mean, reclaiming a term has more... Yeah. Um, you know, a lot more sort of meaning than that, yeah. but... Um, uh, God, I cannot think of the word that I need, but basically, it's just owning it. Yeah. It's just owning yeah. it. Owning that is, that, is what, that is what we are. Yeah. And then when someone comes up and goes, you are that, you know... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <Correct>. Yes. <laughs> well observed. Yeah. That's what I said. I was. Thank you for letting me yes. know. You know. Yeah. 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 There is there is a term for it, and I just literally can't think what it is. I'll trust you because I I can't think of the term either. But I believe no, you. No, I can't. I can't think. I I I've probably, I can think of like examples of like celebrities. Right. This is not an example of what we're doing because it's a totally different topic and a totally different type yeah. of thing. But celebrities <clears throat> like the. Where they their defence against tabloid journalism is that tabloid journalism isn't going to come. Or say it's trying to avoid the gotcha sorry, moment. If you're being upfront about it, it's not a yeah, secret. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so it's like oh, we spotted um, this celebrity like getting drunk or something. Yeah. But if you're like the Rolling Stones or something more modern than that, it's not really scandalous. And you basically make your person your your personality doing that and throwing TVs out of windows and drinking and doing drugs and mm-hmm. when when the daily mail goes oh we saw the rolling stones getting drunk and they did some drugs everyone will go yeah that sounds about right and, and the rolling stones will go yeah and th- that's what i mean yeah does that make sense no i get so, the point you're making but yeah so there's the sort of yeah taking uh, ownership of it because then it can't be yeah taken as an insult saying yeah, we refer yeah. to ourselves as nerds and we're like, yeah, we are nerds. We love all this really nerdy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, As yeah, if someone comes was yeah. like, oh, you're such nerds for being into this stuff. We'd be like, yeah. yes, correct. Yeah. Do you think I didn't realise? Yeah. Look, I'm surrounded by board games and TTRPGs and bought some LARP armour. You think I wasn't aware? Yeah. <laughs> I have a dice on my head. Yeah. I spent half the week <laughs> organising dice into special boxes and making a Star Wars playlist. I spent, Did you... <laughs> I spent 200 hours playing Baldur's Gate. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did that. I'm, t- I'm claiming that. <laughs> I put those hours in. It's yeah. more than 200. That yeah. was 200 hours was when I finished my first playthrough, so I've done more since then. I believe you. I can, I've got the receipts. It's on Steam. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that owning it thing you need to apply to your community standards. Stand, your community standards. That's what yeah. I meant. That's what I'm trying to say. And I don't know if I've explained it right, but I know. What I mean, I think you know. What I, mean. I know. Good luck but, to Daryl yeah. editing it so other people. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Cool. Yeah, you, you put your you put your sign up and you say this is this is who and what we are. Cool. So that's that's the guidance on community management and moderating, which is a separate thing to growing and building a commu- an online community. Oh, that's, that's entirely an entirely separate, separate yeah. thing. But I'm, this was just yeah. talking about moderating and, and managing an online community. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, also we got this. Uh, I used to get legal threats a lot. Oh, what about? Le- you want legal threats? Oh god, people would say like if you moderate them, they accuse you of anything from um, slander and libel to all sorts of stuff, like uh, and a threat, legal action against you. Yeah, all sorts of things. None, not once in the history of the site has that ever resulted in anyone actually suing. I us think it's just somebody ever. googling a legal term and uh, yeah, trying to sound but, scary. Yeah. But what we'll, so I'll put this rule in is basically, if you make a legal threat, which includes accusations mm-hmm. using legal terminology, mm-hmm. so you don't literally have to say you're going to sue us, but if you start accusing us of slander or libel, or you threaten us with legal action mm-hmm. against the site or against a staff member, we will treat it, and you, respectfully and seriously. Mm-hmm. To this end, you may not go, no longer post or use the site. We will no longer respond to direct messages from you. We will refer you to our mailing address and your correspondence will be passed to our legal counsel. We refer you to our mailing address, which is provided on our contact page for the convenience of your legal counsel. So basically, you know, if you if you use those words or that terminology, you've just ended the yeah. conversation there and then. There you go. Write to our lawyer. Bye. Not talking to you anymore. And we've got the same legal team as Paizo now because of the IGL situation. So, you know, they know what they're doing with regards to TTRPGs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, that, that is that. And that is that. We'll be back next week. With Peter. Peter will be back next mm-hmm. week. I think we're probably going to talk about... Accessories. Accessories and merch. paraphernalia and merchandise related to RPGs. But we might change our minds, you know, because we're, like, mm-hmm. we're frivolous. Mm-hmm. But until then, I guess, au revoir. Bye, be well. Make good choices. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Do you have any thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the wolf... <coughs> are, you laugh- are you laughing at your own joke? No, I was coughing. Okay. <coughs> Hang on. Water. <coughs> Try that again. Well, if you have no thrice-cursed groats bathed in the tears of a lovelorn unicorn while the... Well, I was laughing that time. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hate this phrase, by the way. <laughs> get used to saying it. Oh my god, it gets so. <laughs> okay. Alright. <clears throat> well, let me look. Uh, uh, so, other than um, Bitcoin and Thrice Cursed Groats, baby. <laughs> uh, 
Right, you sure wrote this. It. This is your joke. Why are you Just laughing? because I wrote it doesn't mean I don't find it funny. Yeah, but, oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe that makes me find it more funny because like, it appeals to my sense of humour. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm more likely to laugh at my jokes than someone else's jokes. Uh, okay. This must be what it's Let like to have a positive ah. self-esteem. Uh, imagine. <laughs> oh, oh. Do you have any bitcoins, thrice cursed quotes, bathed in the tears of a lovely unicorn? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You wrote this. You did this. I can't get through the sentence. 